Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. our confession of faith together this is my bible it is the living word of god my mind is renewed shout it out i am hallelujah remain standing go to matthew chapter 6 we welcome those watching at all of our campuses tonight. It's going to be good for you tonight. It's going to be real quick. But it's going to be real potent. Because you is kind. And you is smart. And you is impotent. <laughs> uh, for those just watching or joining us for the first time, I can speak good English. That's, that's just a line from a movie I saw. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, you got it? It says, do not lay up for yourselves. Amplified says, store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up your treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, who has your heart? Father, I ask that you would speak clearly tonight as your word comes forth. I ask that you would customize it, tailor make it for us, your people tonight. And we glorify you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five somebody. Say giving, 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 giving. Hallelujah. I, I want us to move to this tonight. Y'all leave my monitors alone. Glory to Jesus. The kingdom is based on giving, say giving. giving, which is inclusive of money, but it is more than money. It's difficult to claim Christ as your Lord and be stingy and selfish. Amen. He may be your savior, but he has not become your Lord because he's not your Lord until your character reflects his desires and his nature. Uh, it, it, over 550 times in the scripture do we see God giving something. Uh, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. Uh, everything that God does, he gives us an example of what it is that we are to be and how we are supposed to act. And the very nature of God is love. Now watch this. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Amen. Now check this out. God is love. Say that. 
Now, if God is, amen, if God is love, then what that teaches us is, is that everything that represents love or looks like love in the earth realm is God. Did you get what I said? Now, I'm not talking about lusts, love's cousin. No, I, I'm talking about, I'm talking about love. Say love. Now, God is love, which means this. If, if love is encompassing and inclusive of giving, if I am stingy and selfish and I'm not a giver, that means it's impossible for me to have God. Did, did you catch that? Touch your neighbor say, can't be selfish, can't be selfish. Uh, now, 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 watch this. God is not only a giver, he's an extravagant giver. Uh, when he gave Jesus Christ, we call him the son of God. That's just a phrase to represent the fact that he was God in the earth. We call him the son of man. That's just a phrase to represent the fact he was born of a woman. Uh, but God literally placed himself in the womb of a virgin named Mary and said, I am going to reduce myself from my grandeur and my greatness. And I'm going to become as a mere human being so that I can do everything they are not able to do so that through me, they'll get credit for doing it even though they didn't do it. Okay, let me say that another way because your neighbor lost me. Uh, God says, I'm such an extravagant giver. I'm not going to send no angel to help you. I'm going to give you myself. And when I give you myself, I'm going to give you my best, which means I'm going to hang and I'm going to die and I'm going to bleed for you. I'm not sending an angel to do it. I'm not sending anybody else. I'm going to give you myself. And the scripture says, no greater love than this for a man to lay down his life for somebody else. Say giving. Now, 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 now watch this. Now, now, we give or we sow in four primary ways. We give or we sow in four primary ways. The first is your time. Say time. Now, here's the thing. You're not getting more than 24 hours in a day, so stop asking for it. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. How many of us, we, we occasionally wish that there was more than 24 Let me just help you. He's never going to answer that prayer. So let me just help you right now. You're only getting 24 hours. Now, check this out. Check this out. What we do with that 24 hours determines the quality of life that we live. It determines the value of life that we live. Uh, your neighbor does not get any more time than you, yet their life might be more fruitful than yours because of what they do during that time. Okay, I can see nobody's going to help me there. So, so let me make this very ex uh, exclusive for the kingdom. Uh, the way we give our time to God, because he's an extravagant giver, he wants us to be an extravagant giver, the way we give our time to God is through serving in the church. Okay, now, now remember, you can't say you have God and don't give. He might have saved you, but he ain't running you yet. See, see, that's the difference between him being your Savior and your Lord. See, God says, I don't just want to be your fire insurance protection plan to keep you out of hell. God says, I want to be the thing that tells you when to get up, when to jump, how high, whatever. Because God says, if I'm in the driver's seat of your life, you don't have to worry about making stupid mistakes. You'll stop living your life by experiment and start living your life by design. Touch somebody say design. See, the only time we get... Uh, uh, befuddled and we get into situations where life gets crazy is where we tell God hey God let us get in the driver's seat right quick because you obviously don't know where you're going now the problem I found out is, is that life is way too big for you to be trying to fly by yourself you're not hearing what I'm saying if he's not in the driver's seat I'm going to tell you wherever you're driving you've been there before are you with me now the second thing you can give is your talent now, now, your neighbor's real talented. They won't tell you that, but they are. They got talent for days. They, they do. They do. Here's the question. 
What are they doing with it? What are you doing with your talent? What, what are you doing with the talent God gives you at, to advance his kingdom? Now, talent and gifts are two different things. People say, I have the gift of peace. That ain't no gift. No, just so you understand. Everybody's supposed to be peaceful. <laughs> I just had a Lord gave me the gift of kindness. Everybody's supposed to be kind. How you got a special gift of kindness? Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? The Lord gave me the gift to sing. No, he didn't. That's talent. The, 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 the gift is, is can you prophesy through your singing? The, the gift is, can people be healed through your singing? You're not hearing what I'm saying. Can miracles happen when you pick up the microphone? That's the gift. Got it? But now talent, talent are things that are natural abilities. They're things that God's given you the ability to do. They're things that, that through study and preparation and all of these things, they're things that you can enhance. They're things that you can grow. But the question is, is how are you using it to advance God's kingdom? Because if, if it, I, I, can I tell you something? I think God's had enough of people coming up in the church and then leaving the church and going over into the world. Let me be more specific. You, you, the only way you even knew how to pick up a microphone was because the reverend gave you a chance in church. And now that a couple people then told you you good, now you too good for gospel music. Now you got to go out there. And, okay, y'all don't want to say nothing? All right, fine. Only what you do for Christ is going to last. I don't care how big it gets, how nice it looks. If it's not for Jesus, I'm here to tell you it's got an expiration date on it. Say talent. How are you using that to advance, to advance God's kingdom, to advance the church? Then the third thing you have is resources. You have resources. Now, most people don't consider themselves having resources, but I, I want to help you understand something real quick. Do you know you're rich? No, I need, no, 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 because I, I know exactly what some of y'all thought. That's right. We're rich in spiritual goodness, and we're saved. And I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about you're loaded. No, you're rich. No, let me tell you why. 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 Over half the population of the world lives on less than $2 a day. I didn't say $200 a day. I didn't say $20 a day. I said, dos dineros. <laughs> Did I get it right? All right. $2. Now, uh, in the day and age we live, well, now, 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 now let me change this now because you can get some stuff for $2 now. But you're going to need $2.14 if you're in Arapahoe <laughs> County because you need that tax. <laughs> so you're going to need a little bit more than two. You, but you can, get, you can get you a McDouble and, and a value fry. You can get you a Frosty and the spicy nuggets. You can't get the regular nuggets. You've got to get the spicy ones. <laughs> I got a little experience with dollar menus, just a little bit. Now, 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 now watch this. You are already rich. So when you sit up and complain to God about your money and your resources and this, God is saying if you only knew about the people that wish they had what you had, that wish they had clothes with holes in them, they don't have clothes. You are already loaded. The fact that God allowed you to be born in America suggests that God wants you to get something so that you can do something and change something. You, you're already loaded. If you make more than $2 a day, you are already loaded. Touch your neighbor and say, you are rich. I mean, look, 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 let me tell you how rich you are. Let me tell you how rich you are. Let me tell you how rich you are. You're so rich, your cars have a private closet. They call it a garage. 
You're so rich, you get to walk into your closet that holds all of those clothes where you only wear the stuff in this section because you ain't been able to fit the stuff over here for years. But you keep it as a sign of faith because one day, one day, one day, one day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're so rich, you got more than one pair of shoes to put with an outfit. You're so rich, you got multiple pairs of one color shoe. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, you're rich. So you got to get out of this mentality that suggests, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Who told you that? i tell you what told you that. The opposite of giving, which is the opposite of God, which is selfishness and hate. That's what told you you don't have enough. Say resources. Resources are using what you have to benefit others. A good example of that very pragmatic example is, again, using the clothes example. How many pairs of clothes and outfits and shoes and purses and purse sets and church outfits that you can only wear to church because you couldn't wear that to no business meeting? How, how many sets of clothes do you have that somebody else could benefit from? Touch your neighbor and say, you're loaded. Tell them that. Tell them that. They need to understand that. They're loaded. In the book of Acts, I love it because in the book of Acts, the church is so awesome because the scripture says that the church was so loaded that nobody lacked anything. I need you to get this. Nobody lacked anything. Why? Because the people that had were givers. So there was no such thing as the have-nots because the ones that had made sure that everybody had. So then when they looked around, the entire church had. I, I believe that there is a generation of people that have the mentality of Jesus that says, if I got it, don't go. And I'm here to tell you, everybody around me. Go. Nobody lacked anything. Isn't that something? Nothing. Didn't nobody need no pampers. Didn't nobody need no infamil. Didn't, no, didn't nobody lack nothing. Why? Because the church made a decision that we're going to be like our God. And since our God's an extravagant giver, we're going to be an extravagant giver. And do you know when they started lying and tried to be selfish, there's a story about a couple named Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, everybody else was giving and everybody else was giving, but they decided they wanted to be stingy. And so they lied to the man of God, Peter, in that instance about how much they actually had. And when they came to Peter, they said, Peter said, this is all you, the apostles rather, they said, this is all you sold this for? And they lied and said, mm-hmm, that's all we got. Ch check this out. The apostles, you sure? That's all we got. Instantly dropped dead. They, they were dragging out one spouse where the other spouse came in and said, ooh, I'm just coming from the closing of that deal we just closed. Woo, that's what we got. They said, you sure? That's all we got. Drop dead. They said, there go your spouse over there. They pulling, they pulling them out. So you going to die so they can pull you out too. <laughs> Listen, what's the point? What, what was the point? God didn't have a problem with them having something. God had a problem with them trying to withhold from God. Because God said, I'm the one that gave that to you in the first place. So how dare you withhold from me what's mine in the... F okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing. All right. Touch your neighbor and say, you're loaded. Now, here's the last thing we can give. Here's the last thing we can give. And it's the thing that everybody seems to, seems to want more of, but, but everybody's not doing what it takes to get more of it. Finances. Finances. Do, re, me. Money. Cheese. 
cheddar. See, y'all remember from y'all remember from when I asked y'all, uh huh, Benjamins, ducats, and then somebody had a real crazy one, didn't they? Somebody like bread. Denver. Okay, so anyway, so 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 then so then there's 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 our finances. Now you've already discovered that you're rich because you make more than two dollars a day. And, and to people around the world, if they were to see you, they'd say you're rich. It, it, it goes back to when you were coming up and you were told, you know, people over there in China, people over in Africa can't eat. Yeah, here, here's here's the reality. That's true. I know we make it make it a jovial thing, but but that's true. So now, now our finances are, are, are an area where everybody seems to always say, I could sure use some more money. Yet, everybody's not doing what it takes to get more money. You don't get finances by praying for them. Nowhere in the Bible do you see God say, pray for finances. Pray for, no, 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 no. The only way you get finances is through giving. It's the kingdom economic system. And I'm here to tell you, it's got a much better rate of return than Wall Street. It's got a much better rate of return than anything you could ask or think or imagine. Now, some of you are thinking right at this moment, I know what the enemy's trying to do. Right in this moment, he's trying to make you think, well, I've mastered this. So everything he's getting ready to say after this, I know. I'm here to tell you, you don't. Amen. Now, there's three ways we give to God. Three ways we give. Three ways we give our finances. They are the... Tithe, the offering, and the first fruit. Now, now listen to this. In Scripture, the church was the heartbeat of society. Up until about 50 years ago, it was still that way. But the church was the heartbeat of society. Something was going on, it was going down at the church. You, you, if something was happening in the community, it, everybody, it was built around the church. But the church impacted the community because the church was full of givers. People that would sacrifice. People that would put their own personal credit on the line so that the church could get what it needed to do. Uh, so I'm not asking nobody to do that. Don't you be sending me no emails because you're going to get a response. <laughs> just telling you. Just okay. I'm just giving you a point. In, in the South, in the South, uh, the, the, they, they would have the trustees and the deacons and the deacon board and the mother board and the, and the jurisdictional choir and all this. And, 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 but, but they would give and they would sacrifice from what they had so that the church could do because they knew when the church was strong that the community would be better because they knew that the church was the hub of the community. If there was no church, they knew there was no community because if the preachers weren't saying anything about it, then they knew nothing was going to be done. That's how the civil rights movement came about. It wasn't some folk out in the world. It was church leaders that said, we're not going to stand for this anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, but check this out. To give, you have to first have. You can't give what you don't have. So what we need to do is get the right mindset about having. You need to understand there's nothing wrong with having when having doesn't have you. I'll say it another way. There's nothing wrong. Stop hating on folks that have things. Maybe if you stop hating, you can have you some things. There's nothing wrong with having, just as long as having doesn't have you. What happens for most people when they get, they begin to put their trust in those things that they've acquired. And now their trust is no longer in their God. Their trust is in their paycheck. And so that's why sometimes God has to say, I got to cut your job because you're trusting that paycheck. So they didn't fire you. I fired you because you were trusting that paycheck. And I needed you to know that it is not by my, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So God says, God says, 
There's nothing wrong with stuff so long as stuff doesn't have you. Nothing wrong with money so long as money doesn't have you. So let's get the right mindset. Uh, flip to uh, Psalm 3527. Real quick, Psalm 3527. To give, you must first have. Okay? But we need to have the right mindset about having. All right? You, you, got, you got to do that. You, you know what I figured something out about folk? I figured out that many folk, the way to destroy them is give them something. Because, because, because for many folk, they don't know how to handle anything. And, and this is why you have sayings like the rich get rich, the poor get poor. Well, it's a mindset issue. Are you, are, are you still with me? It's a mindset issue. And what we have to do is we have to break a mindset that teaches us that, that having is wrong. We have to break a mindset that teaches us that being broke is next to God. We have to break a mindset that teaches us being stingy means I'm smart. We have to break a mindset that says being selfish means I'm a good steward. Cause, 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 because there's a lot of people that think that because they're selfish, then they're good money managers. Not understanding God says, you've left me for your stuff. Okay, all right, all right, okay. Psalm 35, 27, you got it? Let them shout for joy and be glad. Do what the Bible says. There was like a four-second delay right there. I ain't going to say nothing. Who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Look at this. Magnify. What does magnify mean? If you get a magnifying glass, you're taking something that seems small and you're magnifying all of its attributes so they become larger. So what, what the scripture says is God has to be magnified above everything going on in my life. Even when he seems far away, if I'll take out my magnifying glass, baby, I'll be able to see that his hand is moving in my life. And even though I can't understand everything that's going on, he's there. Why? Because I took out my magnifying glass. What's your magnifying glass, Bishop? I'm glad you asked that question. Your magnifying glass is your gratitude. When you are thankful and full of gratitude, God looks way bigger than your problems and your circumstances and your situations. But man, when you become negative Nancy and nasty Natalie, all of a sudden your situation looks so much bigger than your God. Because you didn't appreciate your God, you appreciated your situation. Let the Lord be what? Magnified. Who has, let's read it together. Pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now, so everybody and any, any ignorant preacher you never heard that's ever said, God don't want you to have nothing. God just said, just, if you don't need all that. No, you don't need all that. Don't you? Because you can't handle it. Don't you try to keep me from getting it. I, I know how to be a giver and be blessed. See, see, because, because watch this. God doesn't need us to be reservoirs. He needs us to be rivers. Can I help some of you understand why God can't trust you with very much? It's because you're a reservoir. Every time you get something, you lock on it like you're never going to get anything else. And God says, baby, that wasn't a harvest. That was the seed. But since you clinked on to your seed, that's as much as you're ever going to see in your life. Remember, it's not just money. It's time, talent, resources, and finances. So, now what does the Bible say? God delights. He has pleasure in me doing well. Now, let, let's get a good understanding. The antonym or the opposite for delight is dislike. All right? So, so let's be clear. He, he delights in us having prosperity. Now, here's what prosperity means in Hebrew. It means, you know this word, shalom. 
It means, it means, it means, you, you know the standard route we do. It means nothing is missing, nothing is lacking, nothing is broken, all is well. But now there's some more attributes that the Hebrew word has for shalom. It means safety. So the Lord delights in my safety, which means even if I'm in a situation where I feel like I'm unsafe because I'm a giver, I got a guarantee. I got a guarantee that I'm going to be safe. Then the word also means favor. Say favor. Favor is what you can't do for yourself, even if you tried. Sometimes people think, well, I know this person and I know this and I know that and I know this, but you don't have no favor. So who cares what you know if you ain't got no favor? Because favor will do for you in one minute what you couldn't do for yourself in 10 years. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. So he delights in my what? Favor. Touch your neighbor say he wants your favor. Tell him. But then it also means healthy. Ooh. I dropped a bomb on you. Because ain't no sense in you, in you being favored and, and blessed and, and all of this. And you can't enjoy it. Because you cut some years off of the time you already had. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And, and, and here shortly, we're going to do a whole series about fitness and health, and we're going to, we all going to get it together. Let me be clear. Healthy don't mean skinny. Now, if you're skinny, ain't nothing wrong with you. No, I mean, oh, God. Oh, God. I see it coming. Oh, oh, Jesus. Skinny don't mean healthy. Not skinny don't mean healthy. Amen. Okay. What I'm saying is, is healthy is about what's going on in here. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? So we're going to, in a few, in a little bit, we're going to get a whole series so we can all be healthy. We're going to get healthy and get in shape. <laughs> and we're going to do it together. That way you got some accountability. Because I know why you don't be going to the gym faithful because you ain't got nobody to check you. And say, did you go? Touch your neighbor and say, God wants you healthy. Wants us healthy. Wants us healthy. Wants is healthy. Now, that's, health is, is relative depending on your blood type, your body type, the way your carbohydrates process, so on and so forth. So, but, but God wants us healthy. And, and, and then the last word for that is wholeness, wholeness. Wholeness means I'm not waiting on somebody to make me whole. Which wholeness means, see, you're whole when you're single and satisfied, and you're whole when you're married and satisfied. A lot of people marry to get happy and to only discover that it couldn't bring them what they thought. Because after a wedding comes a marriage. And so you get excited about the wedding, but you don't realize that after that, there's going to come hard work. And there's going to come disagreements. And there's going to come stinky feet. And it, you know, different things going to come. Are you hearing me? All right. So, so, so. Now, he delights in the prosperity of his servant. Now, the Hebrew word for servant there is ebed. E-B-E-D. It means bond servant. It means one that has... Given the opportunity not to serve, but chooses to come and serve. Which means God says, I'm not going to force you to serve me. I'm not going to force you to love me. Now, I may put you in some circumstances where you don't have much of a choice. But I didn't force you to choose. <laughs> Did you get that? Sometimes God will back you to a wall where, where there's only one way to go. And God said, well, what are you going to do? He knows how to get what he needs out of you. Anybody ever been there where, where God's backed you right up on a wall and shut down every other opportunity you thought? And God said, now what you going to do? You going to trust me or you going to trust that? He kind of eliminates your options and then says, now what you going to do? He don't force you, though. He just 
eliminates every other option. <laughs> now listen, prosperity, I'm almost through, prosperity is different for each person depending on your assignment in the earth. You Stop looking at folk on the TV and on the Desperate Housewives. Notice the name of the show, Desperate. And you sitting up there watching, ooh, look at her purse. Desperate. And I can't think of too many good connotations of the use of that word. Ooh, I can, well, let me get another one. I'm going to mess with the ladies. Then, fellas, I'm going to get us two. The Real Housewives. So you a fake housewife? I don't understand. And you're looking at all of this. Oh, look at what she got. Look at what she got. Look at what she got. What you don't know is what the bank is in the process of taking. And they shot that over like three weeks. This looks like a fool season. The only reason we get preoccupied with stuff is because we start looking at other people's stuff. And you look at what somebody else has got, and you'll say, wow, look at all of that. And then you look at what somebody else has got, and you'll say, wow, look at all of that. You'd be happy with what you had if you didn't know that there was the opportunity to have something else. You wouldn't want turf if you thought real grass was all that existed. Because the grass always looks greedy on the other side. They just never tell you it's fake. It always looks easier not to serve God. They just didn't tell you, that's fake. It ain't going to last. Anybody ever been there where you tried to go do your own thing and run away from God only to have God say, listen, it ain't working out for you over there, is it? God will doctor fill you in a minute. How's that working out? Now, prosperity is different for each person. For what you need to fulfill your assignment in life, the most you may need is $50,000 a year. And God may say that that's what you need to fulfill your assignment. That's it. And you'll be happy and you'll be content and satisfied. Got it? But now, you may need, you know, $5 billion to fulfill your assignment. But now, check this out. You're not getting to the $5 billion level until he can trust you at that 50000 level. You understand? Why would God, I, I got a perfect analogy for you. You wouldn't give your two-year-old child a laser. Now, not a laser pointer, no, a laser. A laser beam. You, you wouldn't give that to them. You know why? As soon as they get it, it's just, they go your house, they go your couch, they go everything. They're reckless because they don't understand the power of what they possess. So God says, if you don't get a good hold on this giving thing, you'll be reckless because you don't understand the power of what you possess. But Bishop, I only got $20. But baby, that's some power in your hands because what you have is seed. Are you still with me? All right. Now, now, don't ever chase money. When you seek the kingdom first, it chases you. God desires for you to be in prosperity. And remember, we just discovered what that actually means. Shalom, peace, and those uh, words. Because for the kingdom to have something, if we are the kingdom, Luke 17, 21, the kingdom's in us, we have to have it. Do you understand that? For the kingdom of God to have it, you have to have it. Okay, you with me? Okay, so, 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 so now watch this. There is a difference between storing up and saving. I want to explain it to you. Uh, in the text we looked at in Matthew, uh, the amplified version of the scripture says, do not store up for yourselves. Remember when I said that? New King James says, lay up. There is a difference between the two. 
when, when you start, because some, some extremists will take this to the point to say, this is why I don't have nothing, because I'm just laying up stuff for Jesus. You know folk like that. For when they talk about it, the world's going in 2012, and they said, I emptied out my IRA and the 401k because I'm just storing up for Jesus. That's foolish. It's the difference between storing up and saving. Here's storing up. Storing up means now you're building it so you can place your trust in it. Saving says this is there so that I can still act as a conduit, a river, not a reservoir, for what God wants to do through me. Storing up says, whoo, I'm so glad I got that money. Woo! And if you've ever had a little, little nest egg and you, you went over the line from saving to storing, wasn't it funny how that money went? Okay, y'all ain't never had that happen. Don't y'all look at me with that tone of voice. Well, you had that little bit of money and you had plans for that money. You got your income taxes and you had plans for it. You got some money in from a settlement and you had plans for it. But God says, you were storing that up to trust it. Because here's what you thought. You thought if I ever lose my job, at least I got my money over here. Oh, okay. Let, let, me, help, let me help the 720 FICOs in the house. So, 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 so what happens is, is you say to yourself, even if I lose my job, that's okay. Baby, I got good credit. Amen. And what happens is, is God says, if your trust is in those things, you're storing up. And the problem is the only way I'm going to be able to get you to understand not to trust that is to let it go. So it ain't there to trust. Because when you store up, you're doing that out of selfish reasons. When you save, that's wisdom. That's prudence. Do you see the difference between the two? All right. Now say, Lord, I don't want to store up. I want to be wise and save up. All right, now, now look at this. We've got to move real quick. We've got to move real quick. The question becomes then, Bishop, how do we access finances in our life? How many people you, you, you could use uh, more money in your life? Let's put your, okay. All, right. All right. Now, those of you that did not raise your hand, I trust that what we need for the first five, you got. And so, appreciate it in advance. Thank you. So now let me re-ask the question. <laughs> How many people, not out of selfish reasons, you just say, I, I could use some more money in my life. Come on, put them up, put them up, put them up. Okay. All right, so, so let me show you it, how to do it. It's real, real simple. It's real, real simple. Real, real simple. You ready? It's through the tithe, the offering. It's amazing to me the amount of prayer requests I get for money, and when I ask the person, do they tithe, they say no. And I need a financial breakthrough. Well, do, are you faithful? Well, no. I just don't understand what you expect. So let me present the system to you in a way that uh, you, you have been to one of those, uh, one of those uh, uh, marketing companies, uh, multi-level marketing, and they tell you, 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 they'll say you can make all, the, you know, they'll give you these examples and stuff. Okay, so let me do you like that. Listen, everybody. With the Kingdom Economic System 2000. 
you can be as prosperous as you want to be. If you broke after today, it's because you choose it. Now, while I was doing that in a jovial way, everything I said is absolutely the truth. Because I'm going to tell you, there have been situations in my life where my back has been against the financial wall. And the only way I was able to get out was to give my way out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everybody, come on, can we, can we just get free real quick? Because have you ever been where, 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 where you wake up in the morning and your car ain't there? And your first inclination is to think that somebody stole it? Only to call the bank to find out. Did nobody steal it? Okay, y'all okay, ain't going to be honest. I know, this is bougie Denver, I know. Everybody has had some kind of financial something happen in their life. Maybe it wasn't that, but maybe you dropped $50 in the store. And you're still upset about it. And it was 95 All right? Everybody's had some kind of financial faux pas. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Flip to Nehemiah 12.44. I got three minutes. Come on. Nehemiah 12.44. I need you to understand this. These, these aren't, these, this isn't no hype. These are God's words. This ain't no hustle. <laughs> these are God's words. Ain't nobody washing nobody's hands. These are God's words. Nehemiah 12.44. You got it? Now, you must use all three. Check this out. Check this out. You got Nehemiah 12.44? Now, look at me. Look, look at me real quick. If you only tie, that's like being in a boat and only using one paddle. If you paddle in a boat and only use one paddle, what you going to do? Go in a circle. So you can't just tie. You have to also give your offering. So what do you have? Now you've got. But the first fruit means not only do I have two paddles, but I got a motorized motor on the back. So not only am I paddling, but it ain't even that hard because the first fruit is pushing me along. So, so I, I need you to see this. You got two oars and you got a motorboat. Or, you know, motor, 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 motor. All right. Nehemiah 12.44, you ready? Praise God. It says, and at the same time, there were some appointed over the rooms of the storehouse. Storehouse first of the church. For the, let's say it together, offerings, then the first fruits and the times to gather them uh, from the fields of the cities now they were an agricultural society they didn't have money as the way we had it today so that's where they're gathering it from the fields of the cities the portion specified by the law for the priests and levites for judah rejoiced over the priests and levites who ministered so here's what would happen the people would bring in their tithes offering and first fruit then from that they would take uh, what's called a heave offering and the high priest would give it up to the lord and then it was used for the work of the ministry I understand what I'm saying. It was used so that the priest didn't have to go out and work in the field and then try to come and get the word together. And say, whoo, y'all, I couldn't even get the word together. I had to get all, I got off at 530. Y'all ready to pray? Because that happened up until Nehemiah 12.44. That was happening because Nehemiah was rebuilding the city. It's a wonderful story. You got to read the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was rebuilding the city. He rebuilt the walls in 52 days. And while that was happening, the priests were doing dual labor. And the priests were out serving tables and doing stuff they had no business doing. And so when they came time to serve God, the priests were like, man, we ain't even got no time. Just uh, good morning, church. Uh, we're going to read uh, Genesis 1 and 1. Genesis 1 and 1. Y'all ready? Ready? Read. <laughs> 
So that's when it says they rejoiced over the priests and Levites who ministered. They were saying over the staff of the church. That's how the best way to look at that. They were saying they wanted them to have everything they needed so that there was no lack. So when it came time to worship the Lord, worship could be flat foot on point. Let me translate. I forgot where I'm at. Worship could be very spiritually edifying and great. All right. Now listen to me. How people are about money is a real indicator of who they really are. Single people, you want to know who you're really dating? See what they do with their money. And see how they act with their money. If they're selfish with their money, don't you expect no flowers? Don't you expect no nice letters? Because they're selfish. What people do with their money is who they really are. Okay, now let's look at this first one, the tithe. Tithe is the first 10% of your gross. Everything comes into your hands. Somebody go outside, you go outside, and somebody give you a $100 bill, $10 is God's. It, it, it's not a, it's not it's a non-negotiable let me give you a good example it's like car insurance okay you 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 can play them games where you talking about i let it lapse and ain't it be them time you let it lapse well all of a sudden miss days it comes across are you hearing what i'm saying you don't want to play with that. That, that's, 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 that belongs to God. Uh, the tithe is a sustainer. Now, a lot of people say, Bishop, I tithe, I tithe, I tithe, and, I, and, and my, my finances didn't increase because the tithe is never designed to be increased. The tithe is designed to be a sustainer. It belongs to God, and to not tithe, I'm sorry, i got to say it, what the Bible says is to rob God. Amen. Flip to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Come on, I'm working these three minutes. Those are preaching three minutes, which means I really had about ten. I want you to see this. Because some of you are saying, Bishop, I don't know if all that works. I'm going to challenge you today to try him. Because the scripture says we could try him and we would see him rebuke the devourer for our sake. It's the only place in the scripture where God says, you can try me. You can test me. God says, I, I'll play your game. Only place in the scripture where he's going to let you do that. Malachi 3.8, you ready? Now, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. You'll look at it from the New King James, verse 8. It says, will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, in what way do we rob or defraud you? Because you have withheld your tithes and offerings. All right? Okay, now that's the amplified version of the scriptures. So that first 10%, what you got to do is say in your mind, is this is not even negotiable. This, I, I don't get to, this ain't even part of the budget. I took this off the top. You got to treat your tithe like the government treats you. They took it for you even saw that bad boy. Ain't that something? How about the time that thing comes through payroll and makes your hand, they already took their money. Already took it. And you can't get it back. Once they got it, it's gone. Okay? All right. Now, now, where you got to look at that is anytime you get any kind of income, just immediately take it because that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. Never consider yourself having 100% of what you get. Consider yourself having 90%. Now, some of you saying, Bishop, I just don't know. I just don't know. But what don't you know? The word of God says, if you keep on reading in Malachi, you can keep reading there. I don't have time to do it today. But if you keep reading there, God says, you can test me in this. You can try me in this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But notice he says tithes and offerings. Offerings, plural. So now let's look at the offering. Offering is everything that you give above the tithe. And it's from your offering that you create increase. Now, remember, I'm telling you, this is Kingdom Economic System 2000. Y'all was shouting real good. Now I'm talking about your money. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Now, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd, it, it would be irresponsible of me as your pastor to not teach you this. 
And then you keep going through the same struggles year after year and year after year and year after year. And you're wondering why. And I had the answer the whole time. I didn't want to offend you. I forget you. I got to tell you the truth. These are God's words. Say no hustle. All right. So first 10% is God. It offering everything we give above that. And it brings increase. So check it out. Luke 638. Write it down. It says, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaken together, running over so men given to your bosom. So check this out. If you give an offering in the hundreds, God says, I'm going to repay you increase in the hundreds. The tithe is going to sustain that atmosphere of increase. So check it out. If, if you need $50,000 to pay off your debt, I'll tell you how to get out of debt. Guaranteed, bona fide, in the book. You need to say, Lord, I need seed. Equivalent to my need. Corinthians says he gives seed to the sower. Check it out. So if you're saying, Bishop, I just don't know how I'm going to get out of this debt. It just seems like every time I go to the mail, there's another bill. And Bishop, I don't even open them jokers no more. I'm so sick of seeing them bills. Let me tell you how to get out of that. It's through your offering. What you give above what belongs to God. So, 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 so check this out. Let me, tell you how, let me tell you just how this works. Let me tell you just how this works. Is that... When, when I've put this principle into play, when I've been looking at tough financial situations, when I've been looking at them, what I had to do was say, okay, God, if what I have in my hand is not enough to meet my need, it's not my harvest, it's my seed. And I say, Lord, I need some more seed to sow because that's the only way I'm going to see increase. And 100% of the time, God always came through on what he said he'd come through. 100% of the time. Because he's backing it up. It's the Federal Bank of Jesus Christ. And he ain't got to worry about Goldman Sachs. You ain't got to worry about, you ain't got to worry about none of Wall Street. They can't mess with this. And hear what I'm saying. Last thing is the first fruit. The first fruit is the first hole of the increase. So remember the tithe is the one of the paddles. The offering is the other paddle. The first fruit is the motor. Now, here's how the first fruit works. The first fruit works only when you see increase. And this is the most powerful piece because most pastors misteach this. They'll say that the tithe is the offering, uh, uh, the tithe is the first fruit, and people get mistaught so they don't get the benefit of the word because they've been mistaught the word. What happens is, is the first fruit, let's say you get a $1,000 a month raise on your job. Oh, just, just look at the church. I was, let me speak it to you. Father, I speak increase. To the lives of everybody here. But now I just told you how to get that increase. See if you had a lot of faith. You wouldn't tithe off of what you get. You tithe off of where you want to be. Now. Now now look at this. Now look at this. You get a thousand dollar increase on your job. That's the first hole of the increase. Got it? So now if you're paid once a month. It's a big one. The first fruit. Now first fruit take a lot of faith. Tithe, you can do that. Offering, you can do that. The first fruit is like, you want to talk about a stretch. It's like God rips you open, pulls your eyes back. I mean, first fruit, anybody ever, 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 you were, woo, it's a stretch. Like Pinhead on the Hellraiser movies. He just put them chains on you and pulling you. I know y'all don't watch horror stuff. I know it's far of a say that saw that. <laughs> now look at it. Look at it. Look at it. It's a stretch. That first thousand, not a hundred dollars, not ninety dollars. The whole thousand is the first fruit, 
and the whole of it belongs to God. Here's the way to think of it. You have a tree. It's an apple tree. The first apple is the first fruit. The whole apple. You don't cut a part of the apple. The whole apple is the first fruit. See what I'm saying? Now, 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 now. Now, check this out. Check this out. Those are the three ways God has said, if you want to be blessed in your finances, that's how you do it. Got it? Okay. Now, how many people, let's see it again. You said, Bishop, I can use some more money. Okay. So my question for you is, is are you doing the three amigos? Now, here's what a lot of people say. Bishop, I'm doing them. But here's what they're really saying. But I'm inconsistent at it. You, you can't be inconsistent and expect it to work. That's like coming to church three times a month. Say amen to that. That's good. If that's where you're at, you keep on coming. And we're going to pray you into a fourth experience. Thank you, Jesus. And a fifth experience. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If that's where you're at in your walk, baby, we're going to walk with you. But here's what happens. When you come to church, it's like coming to class to get prepared for life. So what happens is, is when you miss class and you have a test in life, you fail the test because you miss class. You hear what I'm saying? Now, now, if you do the three amigos consistently, because here's what some people say, but Bishop, I do it. But you do it emotionally. You, have a, you, 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 you got a tough situation. You say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I, I didn't do it last week, but ooh, I'm really hurting this week. And you're an emotional giver. You know emotional givers because they're normally emotional shoppers. Okay. All right. They go to the store and it's emotions. All the husbands is like, mm-hmm, Bishop, tell her. Tell her. Say it, Bishop. They ain't saying nothing, but I feel what they say in the spirit. Because, ladies, y'all are going to the store. And this isn't some of y'all, this is all of y'all. I'm joking. You're going to the store, and, and y'all had an agreement in the car about what you were going in there for. Okay, I'm going, okay, I got to give me some socks, and I got to give me some more t-shirts. And okay, you had an agreement. <laughs> she said, no, they had it. You go in the store. Now, now, husbands, hear me, I'm going to help you. Don't let her loose. Because if she sees a red tag, God built women with they hone in on it. It's like they can't even help themselves. Like, sale. I heard a sale. Somebody red apple, red apple, green apple, green apple, green eggs and ham. What you got? What kind of sale it is? Whatever. And there are certain stores you need to know that they lie to you when you get there. Don't take them to the mall. There's too many options. You, you need to go to a store that's got one thing. Okay, now this is just marriage stuff. I'm helping you. If you're dating, I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to help you. Don't let her go to no mall. You're going to go in there. You're gonna, and then here's what we're going to try to do. You're going to try to only take enough money for what you plan on buying. That don't mean nothing to her. He said, baby, I didn't bring enough in. And go back to the car. The car's still out there, ain't it? Okay, I'm going to quit meddling because I see all the ladies coming down. Okay, so you can't be an emotional giver. 
Because, because if you're inconsistent or you're emotional, you will not see the benefits of your giving. Now say, Lord, thank you that I'm a giver. Not just in finances, but in my time, in my talent, in my resources, and my finances. I found out that you delight in me doing well. So I let go of failure in my life. And I embrace prosperity. Shalom. Favor. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. That's who I was created to be. I'm a giver. Not a reservoir. But a river. You've blessed me. So I can be a blessing to others. Send the seed Lord. Because I'm ready for a harvest. If you believe that. Jump up on your feet. And give God praise in the house. Hallelujah. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.